0: Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast Season 2, hosted by Ben Wyatt. Your destination for food trends, business talk, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Before we start, a huge thank you goes to Worth Foods, who are our podcast sponsor. Worth Foods believe that enjoying a snack is an opportunity to pause for a moment, even when you're on the go. So next time you're listening to a Retail Ready Podcast... Grab a Worth Foods bar and enjoy a delicious pause moment in your day. Visit worthfoods.com.au for more information. Now, let's get on with today's Retail Ready podcast
1: episode.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Retail Ready podcast, and we're at episode number two of season two. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. I'm really excited by today's episode. It's a guest that I wanted Ooh, probably a year ago, but I'm glad we've waited because this brand and this person and couple um, behind the brand have just gone go, gone from strength to strength. So welcome to the show, Sean. How are you? Ah,
1: oh, then so kind. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having oh. me.
0: Awesome. Well, you are the founder with Courtney. Who am I correct? Boyfriend, husband, partner? Or hopefully, still together.
1: Yeah, yeah. Boyfriend still, amazingly. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So you, you're running a business <laughs> with with your partner. The the business is Jim I'm a huge fan. I, I love all the innovation that comes in this space. But I'm not going to ruin uh, the surprise for everyone. I'd love you just to give an introduction about who you are what the gym bot is, and then I'm just going to start nailing questions at you because I'm, I'm really excited to hear your journey uh, and get to know you a bit more.
1: <laughs> cool. So I'm 28 and I'm from Melbourne, but um, Courtney and I met in Sydney. Courtney's 29. Um, we met a couple of years ago actually on a graduate program. So we were fresh out of uni and, you know, at first corporate job type situation. We were working for a infrastructure services company very dry environment. Oh, that
0: sounds sexy, doesn't it? Hey, very,
1: very sexy. Let's talk about cleaning <laughs> toilets. It was that type of vibe. Like, let's optimize some work orders. Um, sorry, oh, I could,
0: no. I could <laughs> sense a love at first sight in that, in that <laughs> scenario.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, Courtney and I were friends, and then we got moved for work to Toowoomba to work in an oil and gas um, section of the business. Um, and there wasn't really a whole lot to do in Toowoomba. So we ended up, we started dating, right?
0: So we were, just just for something to do in Toowoomba. <laughs>
1: <laughs> essentially. So we were friends and then we were working together, living together. We started dating. So we started living together the week we started dating, which was a bit weird. Wow. Um, and then essentially six weeks later, we started Jimbod as a concept. So... The business is all about, at Jimbod, we're all about creating better option desserts. The problem that we are solving through our business and through our products is that you want to eat dessert every day. Um, but you don't want to compromise your health and your wellness. So we take your childhood favorite sweet treats and we nutritionally optimize them so they can fit into a balanced diet. Um, I like to think we are like the child, the love child of like diet culture, really, because, you know, a lot of us grew up in really kind of like toxic language and kind of views around, you know, being on a diet and like, Oh, just that all that really painful stuff that happens in your head. Both Courtney yep. and I have been, you know, challenging, have had struggles at different points in our life with, you know, overeating and undereating. So it's kind of been quite cathartic building this brand and our product lines so that, you know, us like we really do stand behind our products that they do, they are nutritionally sound, but they make you feel like you're eating an actually tasty, delicious dessert every day because previously we thought a lot of i'm going to use in inverted commas diet products just <laughs> don't mark. Yep. So,
0: oh, so 100% yeah. well that that is that is a great introduction and i've already got questions going through my head and the first question i want to ask you and i get asked a bit about it about doggy and mm-hmm. i've also heard it by other people is it, it's the starting that's the hardest it's just that that first step so you having those conversations with Courtney when you were living together what made you then were you discussing the idea and then you just went fuck it let's go and do it like what what was that initial discussion to to get that ball rolling and what was the first steps uh in the early yeah. days at Jim bod
1: so it all started because I was studying after work. I was doing my year one of my MBA um, and Courtney was making me these like healthy protein slushies to get me through the night of study. and I was like, man, these are delicious. I cannot believe they are healthy because it was like, what a, what a keeper,
0: you. hey, what a keeper.
1: <laughs> no such a good boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's like the key to happiness. Um, so it was like peanut butter and chocolate flavor. And I couldn't believe that they were like actually healthy. And he's like, no, 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 I've done the macros on it. It's actually really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, Courtney had some time on his hands. So he went to eBay, bought a $99 soft serve machine. He put his protein slushy mix through this soft serve machine and it kind of came out like looking like a lumpy kind of icy turd situation, but it tasted so damn good. So we were like smashing through these homemade soft serves. And Courtney is an ideas factory. Like when you meet him, Ben, you're just going to be like, man, this guy is just like constantly, every, you can't Love go it. on a without, without him talking about, you know, the next business idea. So he was like, <laughs> I think there's something in this. So mm. then we decided to import a commercial-grade soft-serve machine from China. Um, we'd never imported anything before, so that was a learning experience. <laughs> there was so,
0: definitely nothing to do in Tawumba, was there? <laughs>
1: We had a great time in Toowoomba, but it was just like, we just needed, you know, something to throw so out in
0: <laughs> You needed 150 kilos soft serve ice cream coming in. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So Fantastic. Courtney picked up the soft serve machine from um, the port in Brisbane, drove it back to Toowoomba, mm. put it in our garage. Then, thankfully, he is an engineer, so he worked out how to put the machine together because the instructions came in Mandarin. Um, yep. And then you would spend every weekend after work, um, playing around with our formulation in order to get a macro friendly soft serve you know high in protein low in sugar that actually tasted delicious and the concept was okay let's set this let's set this up as a franchise there's heaps of people like Courtney and I who want to mm-hmm. eat sweet treats every day but don't want to eat a truckload of sugar we thought the Mr Whippy concept is super kind of outdated There's always like, you know, some rundown truck at the beach. We were like, surely we can create a brand kind of targeted more towards millennials and Gen Z who are more health conscious. Um, There's enough beaches around Australia. Um, Surely we can have a food truck at every single beach around Australia selling our high-protein soft serve. Originally, now this is hilarious. I just wanted to be a silent investor in the business. I was like, Courtney, I'll like, you know, chuck you a couple of thousand dollars. Let's see what you can do. Looking back, this is hilarious because I didn't know Courtney well enough at that point in time to realise that he's like the big strategy thinker. He's not actually like the executor as such. So that's where (laughs) I came in and I'm the executor. So thankfully, lucky him, I'm involved as well. So me being a silent person did not last probably for even one day, but I guess we had to take the leap and start doing things. So, yeah. you know, we designed a logo, um, we registered our business names, we set up bank accounts, you know, we got a square, we got custom t-shirts and set up an Instagram oh,
0: thing. Oh, the, the exciting part. Oh, the fun, yes. The fun phase. <laughs> yes,
1: Not like custom mugs. Like I don't know why we thought that was a priority one to buy custom mugs, but
0: nonetheless,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) love it. it. Around with like this element, and essentially, it took us twelve months until we actually started doing real value adding activities because when we, we moved back to Sydney we bought a food truck and we spent every weekend like renovating the food truck because of course we were on graduate salaries on the time mm-hmm. I'm living in Sydney we had no money so we bought this secondhand piece of shit trailer and then had to like fix it up um and then, you know, I had to write a 100-page management document for the council, get council approval, and then we realised how painful it was going to be. Only, like, when we're, like, probably, like, 10 grand in at this point, like we realised, yeah. oh, shit, dealing with the council is a nightmare and we're going to have to get council approval for every single, like, beach slash region we want to trade in. Um, So then pennies was kind of starting to drop. We had lots of situations where we bought like the wrong size generator or like the generator was like the loudest thing in the world. Anyway, we decided we didn't want to deal with um, councils. So then we pivoted our strategy and I started targeting F45s because at the time like – People were loving like F45 content on the weekend. You know, you go do a workout and then photo taken. So I was pitching our service. So our service being we rock up in our food truck and we give your clients high protein, low sugar, soft serve, which they don't have to pay for. And you get content out of, you know, our service that was like really attractive to F45 owners. So we spent every weekend then doing that. Um, And then customers were like, this is great. This is delicious. Where can I get it during the weekend? And we were like, sorry, we still have our full-time jobs. So you'll have to wait till next weekend. And then some genius was like, you should put it in a tub. So that was like the penny drops moment.
0: <laughs> really? So it took, it took a random person to, to change his strategy to
1: retail. Yeah. I mean, like we wow. were, things were kind of slowly falling into place for us because, you know, working a food truck really sucks. Um, yep. We were up at like 5am to do, to prepare everything. Living in Sydney, we didn't have a car spot. So, the, you know, our trailer was parked in the next suburb and we had to go pick it up. Done. Just all these like dumb problems. We worked mm-hmm. out we were working for like $2.50 an hour through our soft serve business. So it was definitely something that needed to end.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's more money than most uh, startups are making so yeah well done on making the two dollar <laughs> mark <laughs> I, I i please do not stop because i i knew you had a good story um I, I just love i and this is why i do the podcast because i don't think there's ever speaking to every brand in the 100 episodes that we've done in total everyone's got a different story and it it's amazing how your story has just started and it it it's evolved um yeah. from one idea to another so when someone said this retail pack like had you had you done anything such as like nutritionals or barcodes or selling before or is this like were you just going okay where do i start
1: We had no idea whatsoever. So we started working with a, like a formulator in Sydney. um, And then we had like our minimal viable product. And then I had to get a graphic designer to design the die lines and everything for all the packaging, which I was getting ordered from China, Mm -hmm. you know, dealing with MOQs. I had to deal with GS1, which just blew my mind that there's that monopoly running and how like expensive it oh, is t- oh,
0: I'm, I'm so glad i've got a friend in this space they <laughs> fuck me like i don't know why no one's questioned it i don't know like the a triple c need to get onto this because you're paying someone just to give you a load of white and black lines that oh <laughs> the, in this day and age there's got to be a better system like just give me a qr code <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna, that, yeah, like, there's got to be a universal QR code that does exactly the same job and it doesn't yes. cost me over a grand a year. Yes. Like, come on.
1: Come <laughs> on. I know, I And mean, then all the bloody subscription fees for, like, the national product catalogue and all that stuff. Like, it just never ends. The Here only good happens. thing, though, is that when you do call up GS1, you do speak to someone and they do generally solve your problem. So their customer service is 10 out of 10. Anyway, so we had to, like... Deal with the barcodes, I ordered all this packaging from China. When they eventually arrived, we didn't, like, I didn't know that you had to have, like, a proper specification of paper, and we were kind of led down the garden path from the vendor that we purchased from. Mm. So we actually bought 20,000 soup cups, not 20,000 ice cream cups. (laughs) No. <laughs> no, they weren't freezer safe. So we had all okay. this production happen. The ice cream went into the soup cups and it just all got freezer damaged. Like it was an absolute nightmare. No, we didn't.
0: You, 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 didn't, you didn't go to corny. Uh, right, so shall we get into the soup business? <laughs> We've got 20,000 cups to get rid of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. And then because I didn't. Properly read the thirty-five page PDF from GS1 about all the, you know, curvature requirements on the barcodes. Um, my barcodes uh, weren't standing. We also, oh we also had to hand sticker everything because we didn't, we couldn't afford to get like a, a run of cups per skew. So court- got you know, it, yeah. We set up a production line in our apartment. We, like, put on all our, like, you know, food safety kit and we hand-stickered 10,000 ice cream tubs, which each there were three stickers on every tub. It was just, like, oh, wow. <laughs> the worst. It was the worst. Um, and it was, like, it was so, oh, we felt like, it was just so stressful that first launch because mm-hmm. um, I actually pre sold a whole lot of stuff through my Shopify <laughs> and we hadn't actually had a production run on the actual machinery. We had samples, which were amazing, but then when it actually went into production, it tasted completely different. So our product was ended up, our first product was really disappointing. And we knew that we were delivering disappointing product to our first lot of customers. And it just felt like the most soul destroying thing. I, I was like personally texting like every single customer who'd bought from our website being like, look, this is our version one product. Like we'll get version two product mm-hmm. out for you. To try Like we'd love your feedback, all this stuff. And most people were really like quite open to it in giving feedback which was great but i mean the key lesson there was you need to test your product on your actual manufacturing line you can't assume that ice cream made on a soft serve machine is going to be the same as made in a like m- manufacturing facility so so true so really true. really stressful and it, covid had just hit so we didn't have
0: right so pretty recent you know, yeah right
1: yeah, so like it was, we were originally planning to sell through gyms, but all the gyms had shut down. So we were doing direct to consumer. We bought a freezer which we had in the back of our car, and we would drive around Sydney every night after work delivering our ice cream.
0: Well, that would that was going to be my answer because yeah, if you're going direct to consumer via online, which is mm-hmm. uh, a completely different model to every other ice cream brand uh, out there like yeah I, I, I yeah there was a reason behind it <laughs> you, you you had no gyms to sell Yeah. exactly uh, right interesting so you literally had a freezer in your boot just yes. full of ice cream and yes yeah I guess that was then chipping into the margin again so you're probably even on yes. less than your two dollars again so oh wow oh. and you keep and you kept persevering so yeah and there's there's more
1: essentially at every single we would do a production and then two days later we would pivot whether it would be packaging branding flavors formulation ingredients so like we were constantly out having outdated things that we had to just dispose of but I think at the time Courtney and I were so focused on just doing whatever we could to make it work that we didn't stop to think holy shit, all we are doing is failing at the moment. Like we didn't look at anything like our soft serve business. We didn't think of it as a failure, but a normal person probably would have been like, man, you guys are fucked up majorly. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were just like so focused on what's next, what's next, what's next that we just kept this kind of like traction piece happening. Um, And, you know, huge props to Courtney. He's a really big thinker. So having his kind of like strategic guiding was really helpful for me because I'm more of a in-the-details person, being an operations person. So, um, yeah. And I mean, it's always just been like, what's next? What can we do to improve and to really take our competitors on? And you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, Ben, that like, you know, being startups yeah. in the FMCG space, like we're taking on big, big multinational yeah. companies with huge marketing budgets. And it's just, if you, you you kind of can't think about it too much because it can kind of spook you a little bit. 100 percent. Oh, yeah, agreed. The ability is a massive asset.
0: Agreed, and it's it's that mindset, isn't it? Where you would, if an effort, if a big business would have got the soup cups, yeah. it would have delayed it by six months. Whereas a startup would have been like, right, how, how can we how can we make this to our benefit, or what can we do to change it quickly, not yes. have. Eighteen boardroom meetings um, to discuss who who did the the boo boo and um, whose fingers uh, we're going to point at. So it's it is a different mentality, and it wins in a lot of spaces. But it's so true having to break down like big big businesses who can just come and destroy you in a heartbeat. Um, so it's it's balancing that fine line, and I'm I'm just i'm like I'm 18 minutes in what a story so far like it's I, I think a lot of people just expect like a cute couple to go to an ice cream manufacturer and go hey we like protein can you add some protein into um our favorite ice cream flavor thank you oh that's that was nice can we have twenty thousand <laughs> units like that is that seems to be the, the the simple way of doing it but
1: oh ben i wish that was the case
0: oh i wish i wish that was the case with most most things but it never is but i think what you've told is the story of yeah you changing it so you know what worked what didn't what what you wouldn't do um again because it's just all learning so when when did you really think okay we've got something here like after all the the tweaks along the way and probably ordering new packaging again and you're probably looking at your bank balance as well going when are we ever going to make money um yeah. kind of thing when when did you notice things getting going and uh and getting the momentum
1: well The funny thing is I think we always thought whatever idea at the time was going to be the best idea. So we are like both really optimistic people, which I think you have to be when you are an entrepreneur and you're Mm. building your startup. Um I would say we probably went, I think we got to like iteration number five of our ice cream and we approached some FMCG consultants and we were like, hey, We want to have our ice cream on every single shelf around Australia. We've got the most macro-friendly ice cream in the market and, you know, all of our research into the market shows that people, like the trend towards like balance and protein is like really like at a head right now. So now is the perfect time for us to, you know, enter mass market. And um, these consultants who we who we, we work with, you know, still um, mm-hmm. they were really I think, good.
0: I think I know who you are, and I have uh, a lot of respect for those guys as well.
1: Yes, so I think this says everything about them, right? So we probably we approached them like I wouldn't say like Q three of or Q four of something of twenty twenty probably. Yep. Um, and you know, they could have just like shoved a contract in front of us and been like, yeah, cool sign. But they tasted our product. They took, I know we had a couple of meetings and they were like, guys, I can see what you're trying to do here for some consumers. Yes, this is a good product, but this is not mass market ready. And that was something that Courtney and I hadn't thought about because we didn't realize that we weren't typical mass market consumers. So they were like, took us through what a mass market product means. So in regards to like, you know, in ice cream, like scoopability, flavours, yep. sweetness, all those normal things that you would expect from an ice cream where we were like, oh, yeah, it's really high in protein and in sugar, alcohol, so it does freeze really hard, so let it sit down on the bench for 25 minutes. Like who <laughs> yep. the fuck wants to let their ice cream sit on the bench <laughs> for 25
0: minutes? That's where oh. we go. Oh, my Anyways,
1: God. So- Um, These consultants, like they were fantastic. They were like, "Look, this is our feedback. This is what you could do. Have a think, and if you're interested, let's you know, let's link up next year and see what you go. So see where you land." Courtney and I took the feedback. Next day, we were talking with our formulator. We changed our packaging. We changed our like kind of brand brand positioning. We changed. We did the full market analysis across. Woolies, Independence, and Coles, what was on the market price point macro-wise, and then we've reformulated our products to fit the perfect sweet spot and to have a penetrative pricing strategy in order to have a really competitive offering. We went back to the consultants, I want to say like within four weeks, being like, here, here's (laughs) new samples, we want to give this a red hot go. Um, and they were really impressed that we kind of took everything in the stride and we took all their feedback on because we are of the opinion that feedback is an absolute gift. Um, Sure, you have to take some things with a grain of salt, but when it's Mm. coming from experts, take it on as an absolute gift. So we did that and then we um, signed a contract and then we pitched to Coles. So this was in March 2021. We pitched under our original Jim Boy brand and the feedback we got from Coles was great product, Taste good, good nutritional callouts. Hate the name. We will I interesting. <laughs> and then I think there was a comment in the email, something along the lines of, "Oh, whoever came up, whoever from marketing came up with this name, should be fired." <laughs> something like wow.
0: that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Like, oh, okay. So All right, we,
0: guys. <laughs>
1: we went, um, so then we decided to that night we re we registered a new business name, so we changed from Jim Boy to Jim Bod. So BOY used to stand for better option, yes. And another key learning was that we didn't communicate this clearly enough through our, you know, brand messaging and our marketing. So learning now we really focus on what BOD stands for in our marketing, so better option desserts. So we changed that. We registered, you know, the website and we got our graphic designer to update all artwork and we sent new renders through and we said, this is the plan for what we will do. Um, And Coles were interested in the product. Now... The horrendous thing for Courtney and Sean at the time was that we had just done a, I think it was a $65,000 production our first big production of Jim Boy ice cream because we had to move from our small manufacturer into a large manufacturer in order to get the quality of our product improved because high-protein, low-sugar ice cream is so hard to make because it's really like thick and like traditional um, machinery. It needs to be like a little bit more specialised to take on like the viscosity of our product. So we levelled up our manufacturing thinking, okay, Coles might take us on, distributors will take us on, we have to do MOQ production, we'll do that. So we had 10,000 tubs of five flavours and then Coles were like, oh, we said we'd change our name. And then we realised that we couldn't have Jim Boy and Jim Bod, same product in the same market. So we couldn't pitch into distributors on this and at the time we didn't really have much sales data so we were sitting on like pallets and pallets and pallets of stock that we couldn't move. So again, Courtney and I get back in the car with our freezer and we do like a massive sale on our website and we just sell a shit ton of ice cream through our e-commerce doing deliveries every night after work. It was fucking horrendous. Like I think there was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it might have been like, two months where we moved, like, just, you know, home deliveries from Campbelltown all the way up to, like, the uh, northern Americans. We did, like, six pallets worth of ice cream direct to consumer. And it was like, you know, we're just selling it at cost. Like, we weren't making yeah. we were money on it. We just had to move the stock. Um, so, yeah, it was like we had this good news, the fact that Coles wanted to put us on trial, but that wasn't starting until November but we had to clear through some of his stock to try and get some revenue back in the door so we could actually do a production run for Coles. Um, So I'd say like getting the nod for the Coles trial was absolute make or break. If we didn't get that moment, um, our business would have died. Um, But then it's like, you know, we were doing absolutely everything possible and we took really big strategic risks through investing in FMCG experts. To kind of guide us through yeah. guide us through
0: this journey. So can I just to step in because everyone wants the Coles deal and stuff like that. And when you when you see the order come in, like you mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, I, I had it earlier this year, and mm-hmm. you get excited for about three seconds and then that dread and that gut-wrenching feeling going, I better not mess this up. And you <laughs> yeah. go, Whoo, before you got that email, how many kind of distribution points or how many retailers had you built uh, before that or was it still that direct-to-consumer um, model? Was that growing or how, how, what was kind of the split between what you were doing before the Coles deal?
1: So before the Coles trial, it was me picking up the phone and calling indi- individual IGA's mm. to try and get them to put the ice cream on the shelf. I think most of the people said yes just to stop me calling. Because I didn't know how things were done, I didn't know how annoying it was doing what I was doing. I was just, like, hustling to get a sale. Yeah. Stock. Um, and we were sailing through, I think, like, pre-Coles trial, we got up to about 40 locations across Sydney, for our ice cream so between igas nutrition stores and gyms um that was kind of like the base sales data that we pitched in with coles and then we were in with coles we had 70 stores across the east coast that we were doing direct 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 to store deliveries on so we had to have a full like 3pl logistics solution which was really like a huge level up for our business, and like so many like growing pains, but we're so grateful for the support that we did get from our logistics solution. Um, but yeah, it's just
0: interesting, yeah. Because yeah. again, it's 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 just that point again of hard work and hustle. Like yes. most, like like we say, we we'll go back to the big brands. If someone would have done a production run and there's a spelling mistake, they would have just written off six. Ten pallets, whatever, and you move on for a for a startup. You go, okay. How can I shift this? All right, let's get the cargo going, and you do it. And 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 yeah, you, you're just that point of print. And this again, this is why I love doing hearing these stories because it is bloody hard work. It's especially in the food industry, and and I'm not sure about other industries. I'm I'm sure it's just as hard work, but it just feel it is a slog. Yeah. And I think it's one of them. It's not like last man standing. You still need to have a great product, um, but
1: yeah.
0: there's got to be a huge stubbornness. And um, I think if you're not stubborn, and probably not in a, a rude way to you, because I, I, I know I'm the same. There's got to be a bit of stupidity and naivety as well. What? And you just go, you know what? Yes. I'll 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 smack on Spotify and go and deliver um, well, well most of the <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. most people are watching Netflix and Jeffrey yeah. uh, Derma killing people. I'll go and um, deliver uh, ice cream to the yes. whole of Sydney. So. <laughs> yeah, no, totally.
1: You have to be crazy. Um, yeah. Totally crazy. And I think, like, not coming from the FMCG industry, Courtney and I just didn't know what was normal. Yeah, so
0: yeah, interesting. We
1: like, cool. Like, like data is really important to us. Um, we do a lot of, like, data stuff in our day jobs. So... Um, you know, like I always like to know how the actual system itself works. So when we were on trial and we were doing Coles's direct-to-store delivery method, like I yep. knew like when there was an issue in the system for when orders weren't coming through and what potentially, like what hadn't been triggered because of X, Y, and Z. And I think if you had have had someone who, you know, I'm not going to make assumptions, but I'm going to make assumptions. Like, you know, you someone make who has a day job and they don't really care that much, being like, uh, eh, yeah. orders didn't come through this week. Where I was like, fuck, orders haven't come through. <laughs> I can't yeah. pay my bills next week. Like, oh my God, this is a disaster. So it just means you like actually get on top and get shit done. Yeah, sure, you're different
0: serious. mentality. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm exactly the same. Even, even just literally this morning, I always mm-hmm. try and do two, two and a half hours of work before my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right, hold on a minute. That what, that order, um, mm-hmm. there was a missing order somewhere. And I was like, I've got to get to the bottom of it. Otherwise, it would annoy me for the whole day. Whereas yep. for someone else, it'd go, oh, it's only a $200 order. And I was like, nah, I've got to I've got to find out why didn't that get yep. there? Who don't need to chase up? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge different mentality shift. And what... What I want to know now is you've 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 launched into Kohl's. They've given you the opportunity. Mm. I'm sure there was more headaches along the way. What was, for everyone else who gets into Kohl's, because it is a huge milestone, uh, mm. it's a huge kind of, you, there's only two supermarkets that you can choose from. So once you get into one, it's like this is fantastic. Mm. What was the journey like when you went, Right, we've got to do well here. And when you knew you're doing well, what was the conversations? Because the big news is you've just recently gone uh, national with Coles, which is which is huge. Which I'd like to then touch on what has changed in the business. Um, it like again, from a from a staffing point of view, you've been very lean up until this point uh, in this in this story. Uh, which people forget about that you have to wear many hats and do all the stuff that you probably don't have a clue about. Yeah. So, what? Tell me a bit more about that um, because it, it's just fascinating.
1: So, from a staffing perspective, there's actually been very little change in the last twelve months. Courtney and I, we work you know part time in the business. We don't take salaries yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a full team of contractors. So, we've got our sales consultant contractors. Mm-hmm. We have a logistics contractor who manages, like, oversees our coals ordering. So that's like a very like transactional type activity, like receiving orders and making sure the warehouse um, actually picks and packs things correctly, and then books it in with the with the DCs. Um, I've got formulating um, contractors who look after our NPD, and then essentially I've got accounting, like, bookkeeping. Which is done um, contracted, but essentially everything else falls on Courtney and I. Yeah.
0: So I yep. do
1: all the marketing stuff, all the branding stuff. Like Ben, you probably like saw me through LinkedIn because I'm posting on LinkedIn or at probably as much as you do. Actually, um, you know, it's kind of like the best way to get free free marketing, and you know, you're 100%.
0: with
1: like-minded people. Like you know, you're always. I love LinkedIn because you learn so much from people, and you get to follow people's journeys, which is just. Such a gift. That's why I love that you're doing this podcast. Um, so, to be honest, not a, much, not a great deal has changed from mm-hmm. the staff perspective, but that's because we built our business for scale from the start. And yep. our view has been pay the experts and you get an expert result rather than us fumbling through. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're taking the risk now so we can get a payout kind of at the end type thing. So, yep. It's, um what was the other part of your question no
0: no, and that's perfect and 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 that just shows a completely different model as well to what people expect businesses have to be like you don't you don't need to buy i don't need to bring in graphic designers bookkeepers account managers straight up there's so many skills out there that you can just tap into whether it's a three-month contract six-month contract or like my bookkeeper i found her on fiverr and i've never met her we've had probably two zoom meetings she got the business and it's one email at the end of all i all it is is ben it's time to put load up the folders in google drive load it up with bank statements and and then three days later it's yep done and you go perfect there you are uh let me know how much i owe you and 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 that's just something that yes i get a lot of brands Especially in season one, just go, where'd you start? Like I don't have time to employ people. You go, know, it's a completely different model these days. You don't mm-hmm. as long as you've got a good manufacturer and mm-hmm. you're across the detail, you, yeah. you can outsource so much. So so when when you got the um and I'll I'll go back to to a couple of weeks, well, it was a couple of weeks ago that you um stated that you've gone national with coals.
1: Yeah.
0: What what did that feel like and did you know it was coming because of the hard work that you've put in? And and just to kind of summarize, what three things or five things, as many things as you want to give, what do you think that set you apart from the competition to get you from the trial to national? Like what's your views there?
1: Yeah. So we were on trial competing against another Australian brand. Um which was, like, really, really stressful because, you know, there was only potentially one contract to win. So we knew who we were up against. Um, Hmm. We, as I said earlier, like, data is super important to us. So we would try to get as many data points as possible. Because I was doing the actual order management through Coles, I knew how frequently stores were ordering what stores hadn't ordered. So there must have been some issue with their, like, you know, account set up. So... Because of those data points, I was able to like, you know, feed that to our sales consultants to go and um, deal with that with Coles. So yep. having that really fine detail um, data input was really important. We also had a field team, which was great to actually go into every store every week and make sure that ice cream was on the shelf, um, you know, Coles staff members are really busy so sometimes things fall by the wayside and sometimes the ice cream doesn't get put on the shelf so (laughs) just having someone go into every store pick it up from the back put it on the shelf make sure the tickets are out when things are going on promo and then I would get photos every single week of what things looked like on store so I had that level of confidence that I actually knew what was happening out on the floor and I would get told oh this store hasn't had stock delivered this store you know sitting on too much stock yada 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 so then we could feed that back to Coles and and get additional orders placed if required um we also did a really aggressive marketing campaign so we did user-generated content in addition to native content across facebook and instagram at the time um to try and like have that real like genuine peace yeah um, what else did we do um literally it just was our obsession for nine months
0: yeah and and from from what you were just saying like what I was picking up on that was, yeah, across the detail, and
1: yep.
0: you were just driven to make it work. Like, yes. like there's not many there people that would, option. yeah, and and
1: that and and fails,
0: and, and and putting all those things in action, you sh- yes. unless you had a really crap product for a very niche market, which you, which we all know you don't. So you've got a great product at a great price. And there's a wide enough market for it to succeed. All you've yeah. done is tap into every other available option to make sure that people had that product available in their eyesight. And it is hats off to you because I, I've I've not even done half the stuff that you say because one um, just because you could be doing so much. But what I've sensed is your obsession was to get to make it work and yeah. and and it's paid off. Um so firstly congratulations because when I saw when I saw you I think it was LinkedIn or uh, when I stalked <laughs> you on Instagram um it's like well done because I've seen this brand grow. <laughs> I, f- I remember it it was you guys were in Coles local, weren't you originally? Yes, yes, yeah yes. and, and I, I remember seeing the product there cuz I like I love this space I look like special sports and diet or it, it is a bit rogue now um everything's got protein and even if you add a few peanuts but this is a true um like sports brand f- that I just love and it it ticks so many boxes like you say it's um it's a dessert that's not your buller ice cream and it's it's been absolutely incredible watching this journey and it's so nice just to get to know you here like we've never spoke before but Mm -hmm. these crazy things feel like I've known (laughs) I've known you because I yeah I've 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 seen I've seen the commentary along the way and and when you got the national um distribution it was like I felt inside I was like fantastic because I know how hard um you guys would have worked for that and yeah yeah, I've I've been seeing it um,
1: Everyone you meet, you know who runs a who runs a brand and it's their startup. Like we've all got shared business trauma, right? Like you know we can all connect <laughs> just so easily on just these fundamental experiences we all seem to have.
0: Correct, okay, right. <laughs> and and a hate for GS one. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so where, where where's next? Like I know you've got um, other products in the range which tap into that market as well but where, where would you say your next 12 months um are going to take you or what do you want to achieve in the next 12 months
1: well i mean i think something that i never knew before we were in like you know in this like cold space was the fact that you kind of always are on trial really like we need to hit our sales mm. targets for the first 13 weeks to make sure we actually stay on the shelf um so like you know in the next nine months we want to be increasing our range hopefully with Coles like we've had an amazing response so far with the national rollout which I'm just like so over the moon with it's just so nice when you've sacrificed so much personally for your brand and then people are yep. like so pumped up about your product it's like holy shit this is amazing so that feels really great so we're focusing on you know new flavors new formats in the ice cream space we want to grow our accounts through the Indies and, you know, we want to grow, obviously get into Woolworths next year as well. So it, it's yep. always been our goal to have our ice cream on every supermarket shelf around Australia. Um, you know, we're starting New Zealand next year as well, which is really exciting. And we just want to put some more energy and hopefully resources into expanding that export market. Um, I want to be able to quit my job in the next twelve months. So, in order to do that, you know, there has yep. to be enough margin in the business in order to be able to pay me. I know it sounds crazy. We have a national calls contract, and neither no no one's working full time in the business. Um, it's just the fact that our I business d- is so outsourced. Like, do you? Sorry, this might be a personal correct. question. Correct. Do you pay yourself for Doggylicious?
0: Ah. Uh, it's a it's a great question, it's nice to hear because you you hear other people going, "Oh, you need to make sure you you make a wage for yourself." It's like, yeah, times are hard, and not everyone's on fifty percent margin. So, <laughs> i I have start yeah i I have come from the the belief that I, I treat I don't treat doggy I used to treat it as a hobby, um, and I used to treat it as like a, I used to call it a side hustle it's mm. it's no like it's probably the biggest side hustle that a side hustle could exist um and <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's like when we hit half a million i was like can you actually still technically <laughs> classify it as hard like a side hustle um but what what i've found is i i love doing i love working so I i love having a full-time job mm. i don't have any other hobbies outside of work uh, apart from like hanging out with my daughter and dogs, but mm. I just love that, the business side. So I always think of it as if I was learning the guitar, I'd probably spend three or four hours a day learning the guitar because it would be an obsession. I now just obsess over my business and, mm. and that gives me energy.
1: Yes.
0: From the wage side, I've never needed to take a wage because I've, I've made sure that I, I, I keep to my full-time job and I would try and do a good mm. job there. And what I've found is it takes the pressure off, but it also keeps money in the business. Like you say, when you need to put in a bigger order for 20,000, 40,000 pieces of packaging, Mm -hmm. you've got that there. You're not going, oh, shit, I need to pay rent and uh, my kid's swimming class kind of thing. So for two and a half years, I haven't taken a wage Something that I need to think about moving forward a 100% Um because a, I don't think a business is sustainable if you don't include a wage because no one wants to work for free. So yes. there's, a, but exactly what you've been saying for 40 odd minutes, you've got to grow it. So you, you any brand out there expects to take a wage from day one. I think mm-hmm. you're having a laugh with yourself because yeah. you need to do the free stuff uh, it's like with everything, you're not going to be a top uh, speaker if you don't do the free gigs or a top comedian if you don't do the the crap gigs where you have to drive for several hours and do a free 10-minute stand-up. So yeah. I, I take it as that, that a wage will come, hopefully, but yep. I've got to prove myself. I've got to build the market and, yeah, kind of do exactly what you guys are doing and it's learning along the way.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. So
0: hopefully that answers uh, your question.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it definitely does.
0: So uh, I, so then it it's fascinating. I guess I guess you you're very much like me, where me going, what do you want to do in twelve months? I bet your brain is absolutely spinning. You just go, oh, we want to do this. I want it, and it's it's like there's not enough time in the day, especially while you're working as well. Um, is you've talked a lot about. Things that have gone right, things that have gone wrong. If you were to redo this again, what would you recommend for anyone who's listening to this to say do this first? Or the biggest business learning advice you've had along the way? What's that been?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would definitely say, like, get involved in kind of like grassroots stuff, like, try and find a mentor um, or people who are kind of like, you know, three, four, mm-hmm. five steps ahead of you so you can kind of know what's coming or just have it on your radar that certain things exist. We were introduced to a guy really early on in our um, in our business and he was just great to kind of like, you know, he chucked a couple of suppliers our way and, mm. you know, yeah. being like, oh, you might want to think about this or, you know, and he, he told us about his experiences when he was dealing with Woolworths at the time with his startup brand. So, I would definitely say find someone to look up to and to learn from, um, and go into it with a real generalist mindset. And also, if you're a perfectionist, you need to chuck that out and just <laughs> roll your sleeves up and just doing something is better than trying than nothing. Like you, you can, you're never going to get it perfect. Perfect, perfect doesn't exist. Um, so yeah, don't be a perfectionist. So and read it and read is
0: that that is that is fantastic advice because a hundred percent. Uh agree with that. I've, uh, I just launched a new product, got all excited. And I looked Ooh. at it and went, oh, shit, there's a spelling error on the front of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and my That's wife, right. uh, uh, and my wife goes, what are you going to do? And she goes, how many did you order? And I, I just wound her up. I went, i've just ordered a million of these uh (laughs) and she goes she goes what the hell i went oh and i went i'm only joking i went she goes why are you not worried i went i'll just do a giveaway whoever can find the spelling mistake can get a free uh free product and she just goes this is hilarious so yeah yeah, it's true perfection goes out the window or don't let a dyslexic sign off uh artwork (laughs)
1: Yep,
0: definitely. <laughs> so that that is that is incredible. Well, I've I've honestly loved. I kn- I knew it'd be a good story, and I, I yeah, I just I just knew it wouldn't have been a simple process of phoning up a, an ice cream manufacturer and saying, "Can you add some extra whey protein into this?" So, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to hear that it didn't go well, but i I'm, I'm also glad that it didn't go well because it makes the brand what it is, isn't it? And the stories that you have and the lessons along the way. So yeah, it, no, definitely. It, it it's been an absolute pleasure. And and guess what? It's only the start as well, because yeah, it's um I'm very excited to see what happens next year and and what products come out. So any last words, any any words on where, well we know you can get your products at Coles. Where can we yes. find more about you, more about the brand? Um, over to you and honestly, thank you again.
1: Oh, thank you, Ben. Um, so, yeah, you can pick up a tub of Jimbod ice cream from your local Coles um, and you can follow our journey on TikTok at Gymbod underscore official or on Instagram at Jimbod bod under, underscore official on tiktok i'm sharing our small business trauma essentially on the daily so you can pick up some tips so you can learn from our mistakes or you can just have a good laugh and you know learn more about the brand so thank you for having me ben it's been an absolute pleasure
0: absolutely awesome well you look after yourself and uh i look forward to seeing you in person very soon
1: yes thank you
0: <laughs> take care bye